You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed coming to you live from Kenley, North Carolina, the Petrol over in Kenley, North Carolina, exit 106. If you're out in the parking lot anywhere around, feel free to come on inside and join us. I'm going to be joined tonight a little bit later on in a few seconds by Chad Boblett, uh, the uh, originator of the Rate Per Mile Masters Facebook page. But tonight we're going to start off by going into the trend lines, the DAT trend lines that they issue every Wednesday. And this week looks like that the reefer market is still up in the southern states. The spot market trends were mixed last week as load availability increased for vans, dry vans. That's good news. Reefer capacity loosened up a little bit. Rates edged up on all three equipment types. So you should be starting to see a little bit of a, a little bit of relief on your rates. You should be getting a little bit better rates this week. Uh, another big topic that's coming up. Uh, We'll jump into the fruit and vegetable report. And this week, California's Imperial Valley is showing a slight shortage. They're moving onions out of that area. And Florida is still showing a slight shortage for potatoes. Mississippi is also showing, I'm sorry, not Mississippi, eastern North Carolina is showing a slight shortage. Um, those are the only three markets, according to the USDA, truck rate report that are showing shortages. There are slight shortages going on right now in Central and South Florida, Lower Rio Grande Valley, and Mexico crossing through Texas. So that's a, that's a brief snapshot of what's going on as far as overall trends on rates and also with the um, fruit and vegetable report. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring on my co-host, Mr. Chad Boblett. Chad, are you there? Yeah, how are you there, Rico? How are you doing? I'm well, and yourself? I'm good. I'd like to just remind you everybody. If you have... Yeah, I got you coming in loud and clear. All right, cool. Just like, just like to remind everybody that's on the line, if you got any questions or anything or a comment, just hit number one so we can see you and we can bring you up online. And uh, Chad, the, the hot topic this week in the, in the rate per mile masters is uh, seems to be the CSA blitz that's coming up next week. Yeah, yeah, well, um, yeah. That's uh, we've had uh, three different subjects go on about the, that topic, and uh, I, I, from the numbers from last time I looked at it, it looks like about 33% of the group will not will not uh, be on the road, and if they are on the road, their rates are going to be higher than normal. Uh, which is lower than what I thought it would be. So that means there's a lot more of the group that uh, is going to keep on keeping on, like if uh, if it didn't even uh, matter to them. Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny thing. Me and you were talking a little bit earlier, and a few years back, you know, I, I was remembering uh, I was going to run. I decided that I was not going to run. I, I wasn't going to run during the TSA blitz, and I, I decided to shut down for those three days. And I got back running on the fourth day after the blitz was over with, got pulled into a jailhouse, and uh, 
funny story was the DOT man was sitting out there on the scale, and he was just taking guys' law books as they came through. And anybody that hadn't ran over the uh, CSA blitz, they were pulling them around back, giving them level one inspection. So needless to say, I got pulled around back and got into the a uh, level one inspection, which I passed everything all except for one thing. He dinged me on, uh, and, and I, I still need to go get it fixed. <laughs> but he dinged me on uh, US DOT uh, in front of the, my DOT number. I don't, I don't have US in front of the DOT. So he says by the letter of the <clears> law that you must have US DOT on your placketing on your truck. And okay. I still need to go get that fixed. I probably that'll be something I'll give me something to do on my to do list for this week. They were just looking for something. something that small. They were just uh, just itching to find something with it. You know, my my opinion is, um, you know, uh, if you're gonna if there if, if there's gonna be like a hassle going on uh, when you're crossing the scale, that they're you know sending out a message that we're gonna do heavy inspections on these dates if you go across the scale. Uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna mess around with it. I'm not, I I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be stressed. That's the reason why I do this. As an owner operator, because I don't like the stress, and uh, and if I do do it, if I do go out on the road and 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 have to deal with that stress, then yeah, my rates are going to be a little higher. Not not that not that the shipper has to or the broker has to pay a higher rate, um, but uh, you know myself, uh, you know it's like my daughters they watch uh, Door the Explorer, and when my littlest one before she could talk, when the troll would come out from underneath the bridge, she would smack the screen. She didn't like the troll, you know, and uh, and it made me think, you know, I'm the same way. I'd uh, I don't like the I don't like the troll either. If, uh, if there's a troll underneath the bridge, I'm not going to the bridge. You know, I thought that way when I was a little kid, and now I think that way still today. If uh, if there's a troll at the way station, and uh, they told me that they're going to mess with me if I come up there, then uh, I'm not going near the way station. I'm not going to mess with it. I heard that. Well, uh, I don't <laughs> know. It's 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 kind of one of those things. Like we were saying uh, before, it's really one of those type things where. I think that a lot of the people that went to the CMC and having the experience with Dale Howard going through a level one, you get a little bit more comfortable with the situation. I understand that some people may feel like it's a harassment issue, and it will. I think it may have some effect on rates. It depends on where you are because, as we all know by now, rates are a uh, creature of supply and demand. So if there's less supply and there's more demand in certain areas, then, of course, uh, shouldn't be a problem justifying a higher rate. Um, well, absolutely. If you took the 33%, like, you know, last time I looked at the number, I think we're right at 33% of the, of the you know, the group that participated in that survey that I did, and you and uh, that 33%, they're going to raise the rates or they're not going to drive at all. Um, that, I mean, if now if you put, put them on a larger scale and you said 33% of all the owner-operators out on the road right now, uh, they're thinking the same way. The, the owner operators that have the ability to, to say that the, they can say whether they're going to drive or whether they're not, and uh, if they have that ability, 33% of them uh, are going to say no, we're not going to drive. 33% of the owner operators out there, if you took that out of the market, I, we got somewhat of an impact. I don't know how much. Maybe not enough to make a significant difference, but 33% is a big number when you take that many trucks off the road. Right. Right. And just a reminder, everybody, press number one. If you got a question or anything, bring you up to, uh, bring you up to speed. We were talking a little bit about the CSA uh, crush down that's coming next week, the 3rd through the 5th. Is that, is that, do I have those dates correct, Chad? 
Yeah, next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yes, that's correct. And I'm also noticing, uh, I read the DAT report, a little bit of well, the, the overview of the DAT report. And I'm looking right now at the current snapshot of load-to-truck ratios throughout the country. And it seems that things are kind of, I don't know if the holiday weekend has some effect on it or not, but it seems like things are really a little slack um, for this time of year. What are you noticing, Chad? What are you seeing right now? Uh, better numbers than this time last year, but uh, as far as week to week, it seems like we're slowly uh, – it's slowly um, – the demand is going down. You know, the demand is not as high as 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 what it was last week, and it seems like last week wasn't as high as it was the week before that. I think it's right. uh, maybe because produce is slowing down. Maybe. Yeah, I know that uh, last week Florida was, and and for the reefer segment was very very dark blue, and this week Florida is light blue. We have a couple of dark blue patches, but for the most part. It is light blue, and it's very light, and it's kind of uh, will kind of give me a little bit of concern about going down there, out of fear of getting stuck without having a, a good backup plan if you don't have a, a contracted uh, shipper down there that you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're, and it seems like whenever whenever it's whenever it starts uh, slowing down, and it comes to a halt like that. It's like uh, it's. It's almost like within a matter of two or three days, boom! It's back in the red as a as being a, a really bad area to go to. You don't want to mat- and if if you if you catch like if you take a real long load, say if you're up in Minnesota or uh, somewhere real far away, and it takes you two or three days to get there, you might end up there that day when the when the, when the load shut off and it'll instantly turn into red over. Uh, it seems like overnight. It's happened to me a few times. That uh, especially out of Oregon, I've seen that happen to me out of Oregon. I, I used to I love to take loads in the wintertime. Uh, because it pays good to uh, go through Wyoming during the wintertime to go from like Kentucky to Wyoming, or uh, as you were Oregon, and uh, and what before I leave Kentucky, you know Oregon will be showing that it's doing really good. I'm going to be able to get a decent rate coming out of there. But the three four days it takes me to get out there, the market changes by the time I get out there, and uh, boom, I'm uh, I'm stuck, you know, trying to trying to grab pennies coming out. Or you know, go 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 at a lower rate. You know where I was planning on getting the two fifty. Now I'm coming out of there at a dollar seventy five. Right. Yeah, you gotta. Uh, when the trend starts happening, you better pay attention to it because you, you, it could it could happen to you overnight when you end up you know offloading. And I'm going back through trying to go back through a couple of the markets that they were talking about on the fruit and vegetable report as well. Now the Laredo market is still. Red fire hot. Uh, the Laredo and McAllen markets. It's I'm showing uh, ten to one ratios in the Laredo market, and I'm showing almost seventeen to one in the McAllen Brownsville markets down on the uh, Mexico crossing. So that's still very very desirable area. And as a matter of fact, I'm seeing that it it's, uh, must be so strong down that it's actually bringing up a lot of the other areas within. Within Texas, because uh, right now Fort Worth is showing a thirty to one truck load to uh, thirty load to, to one ratio. Thirty to one for reefers. All reefers. 
Well, so, what, do do yeah. Van real quick and tell me what it says. Not a problem. Do that yeah, at the but Van Van is Van is not um, <laughs> I, in, the, in that Fort, in that Fort Worth market. Let me let me put some clarity to the numbers and everything that I'm looking at too. The uh, van market is anything above a three when it comes to vans because there are so many vans is a, actually a strong market. So right now the Fort Worth market is showing a three point three three point three lows to truck, uh, which is it's not great. Pretty strong. It's pretty strong. Uh, and that's still that's for a, van, a, right? a, a van. And also in the Laredo okay. market, you're at a 3.7 for a drive-in, and McAllen is also at a 3.7. So uh, for myself going down that way, uh, I might make more money coming out of Texas if I grab a short run down to Laredo and come out. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, you, it's possible you could. Um, well, we got a couple of questions coming up on the line here, Chad. Let's see if we let's go and see if we can help some people out. We got a caller from the All 916. Right, Caller from the 916, what's your name and what are you calling about? Um, well, my name is Paula, and I'm not sure if I actually pushed the button or not, so I apologize, but I have been thoroughly enjoying the uh, website, the, um, the the Facebook page. I've been learning a lot. We just got our um, insurance. We're in the 10-day dispute, and I really don't have questions right now. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. So that's fine. You, wrote, you it's, it's all right. You just press if you just press the number one, it puts you in in our queue and it it lets us know to come to you. But uh, so you don't have any questions, nothing that you can think of right now. It's on my phone too. Well, uh, not right this minute. Um, the next one that's in the queue, that's the nine one six. That's my husband who's sitting right next to me listening as well. So um, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so so, so you, you, both of you guys are in the truck together. Um, actually, we're sitting outside at a truck stop in lawn chairs and a nice breeze. Oh, okay. You're living the life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Good yeah, we uh, Good put in our uh, two-week notice, and uh, we're looking forward to applying everything that we're learning. Getting ready to take the plunge. So what type of yes. equipment do you guys want to apply? Um, we have a 2012 Cascadia. That is fully paid for, and we're purchasing wow. a reefer trailer. Okay. And it's you a two thousand thirteen. I'm sorry. We are you going to be getting your authority? Yes. Yes, that was you saying. Okay, good. All right, cool. Yeah, our ten day um, dispute period ends on Tuesday. Okay. Did you guys All right. get hooked up with nasty? Um, we we went with OIDA to help us with that. No, no, that's fine. With as far as that's concerned, did you did you try to did you get with Nasty so you can get on their fuel program? Oh, um, we were doing some researching. We haven't decided yet on which fuel program we're going to be going with. I'm sorry. program. I'm sorry, I I couldn't catch that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was saying I highly recommend Nastics program. Uh, it's, it's a very good program. Uh, it'll pay for itself within the first month, especially if you guys are running teams. Uh, uh-huh. You also they also they also have a very good drug uh, consortium. You and your husband can go, can go through their new entry program, 
and uh, they'll get you prepared to go through your new entrant audit. You can be you will be able to drug test uh, your husband, and your husband will be able to drug test you because, of course, you couldn't drug <laughs> test yourself. But they have a very good uh, very good program. They now some people complain a little bit about the uh, the program that they have you go through. They say it's a big sale fest, which they're, in, they're I mean they're a company, they're a for profit company, but they do offer very good things, and you just need to take into consideration if the services that they offer offer you, would you actually use them and only pay for what you think you're going to actually use. I mean, I but but as far okay. as their fuel program, um, they have probably the best fuel program for owner-operators out there. Cool. Um, we'll check it out then. And I've posted, I don't know how long you guys have been on the member of the Facebook page, but uh, many of us have posted, uh, and, and I may even go back through and do it again tonight if you didn't catch any of them. Um, post uh, invoices from uh, from my fuel for my fuel ups, so that you can actually see uh, tangible results as to what kind of a discount you can get through Nasty. Uh, it's, okay. it's a really strong program. Oh, that'd be awesome! All right, so you guys are getting ready to get the authority. Where, 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 where are you guys based out of? Uh, we live in uh, Sacramento, California. So we'll okay, so probably California be doing California and uh, going from there. I mean, all over, we're going to figure out where things are and lanes and stuff like that. Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, sounds like you guys uh, are, are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I wish you guys all the success in the world. And if there's anything <laughs> that we can do to help you out in the future, you know, feel free to reach out to us or ask us a question. If we can help out and then we can't. There probably maybe there there uh, there is a ton of information available on the website. We have not only uh, myself, but you have Chad, you have uh, George Hick, who is a former salesman, uh, and, and it just the list goes on and on. I'll probably leave. I'm, I know I'm leaving a bunch of people out, but there are a ton of people on there that has good information that can uh, definitely help you increase your rate and help. Stay successful, Chad. You got anything you want to add before we let her go? Uh, yes, sir. Um, hey, um, you, you're just now getting your authority. Did uh, did the group, uh, you know, joining the Facebook group page right from my masters? Did that have any impact of uh, you all getting your authority now? Is this something that y'all would have done anyway? Now, if you, even though if you didn't have, see, uh, was a member of the group, uh, did the group did uh, it help at all with any of that? Well, we had already decided to get our authority, but. It has helped calm some of my fears. Um, it's a, been a place where I could actually go and learn because otherwise my husband has had experience way back 25 years ago. A lot of things have changed. Um, so it, it's been a good place for me to learn and read and see what other people do. And so that has calmed my concerns down some. And it's the place where I'm oh, free to ask questions. And I've gotten a yeah. lot of answers, and I really appreciate it. Oh, great, great. I'm glad, glad to hear all that. I'm, uh, uh, we've, uh, there's, I've seen quite a few people that have uh, been getting their authority here recently, and a lot of them have told me at the CMC and on the group page that, uh, that the group has really helped them out on uh, taking that plunge and getting their authority. A lot of people are with that company, and they feel that security. And uh, 
and uh, now they got the group there to be able to ask questions and go about, you know, getting their authority. They got a little bit more of securement, and uh, a lot of people taking the plunge and doing it. I think uh, this year and next year, there's going to be a whole lot more people that's going to do it now as the group grows in the podcast. Um, with uh, as soon as you get, as soon as you get your MC number and your your, your authority, I want you to also join the group called uh, Motor Carrier Meetup, um, and that's that's a a lot of the people that's in our group, but it's the members that are that already have their authority, and there um, you can you know it's a little bit more, you're dealing with just just people with their authority, and uh, but you got to have your MC number, and it's all it's all for a purpose, you know, because uh, in that group we can um, as as a carrier we can help each other out. Maybe you're coming to Kentucky, and uh, I live in Kentucky, and I know a shipper there that's got reefer freight, and they also do dry van. I take care of the dry van, but you're coming there. And uh, you might, might ask if uh, you can get it connected with someone there, and I can lead you to a shipper, and vice versa. I might be in California. You could do the same for me. And that's sort of the reason why it's just for the uh, just for carriers only. Awesome. I will do that. Thank you. That's it for me, Rico. All right. Well, thanks for the call. I'll put you back Thank on. Thank you for being here for us. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Not a problem. And, and Chad, you know, it's kind of – you know, the horseback on what we were talking about a little earlier, um, you know, we're basically in uncharted territory. By us having a platform to have these podcasts and by us having the Facebook groups and us sharing information and trying to help uh, exchange ideas and, and give a little bit of back and forth, I mean, we're all learning from one another, and it's going to help the entire owner-operator community begin to uh, – Really, it's going to lift all boats. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats, and and it's going to have a residual effect by helping everyone see better rates because we're starting to get a little bit of traction. We're getting a lot more education out there, and people are taking to this like fish to water. And and it's one of the most uh, gratifying things for me is uh, you know seeing some of the stuff that we talk about. Actually, people give us feedback and saying that they're actually seeing some real results from what it is that um, what's been going on. So uh, oh. that, that's one of, I, I just love that part about it. Oh, I do too. And that, that, that type of feedback and, uh, and the comments that, pe- you know, people that uh, send me messages, it's like, hey, that gives me the, the drive to help out more people. You know, when I, after I found my load, maybe I can help someone else out. I'm loving it. And it, yeah, just like she said, you know, the, she's getting the support and it's just not me and you. It's, it's a lot of the people in the group that are helping them out. It's like the group is running itself, and it's running itself by by informing others and and helping and educate them. And uh, yeah, this is uncharted territory. You, you hit it right on the nail right there. It's uh, so true. Um, and uh, you know, I was also thinking about this too. And, and while I was talking to a friend, he's a he's a broker. What well, he was, he got uh, he's no longer working for me anymore. But it's TQL. He was a broker for TQL, and he was telling me some of the things that go on and. Uh, He's a very nice guy, um, and he was, you know, so he has no reason to lie to him or anything. But he would tell me that, a, like, a lot, not not just CQL. Now take that part out of it, but it, this, this is a, many of the many brokers that, that follows are like this, where they're so perfect that to where they would not have a job if every time they picked up the phone and called a, called an owner operator and they tried to sell them a load, if every owner operator was somewhat more educated than what they are now. A lot of the brokers that that, ha- that w- wouldn't have a job, they uh, they they solely get most of their money 
off of uh, finding that finding that owner operator that is uninformed. That's easy to that's easy to put loads on that the that the driver has no idea where he's going. You know, there's times I'm in Texas right now. I'm going on my way to Texas. There's times a year I won't even go to Texas for less than three dollars a mile. And uh, where other people they come to Texas and oh, it was good last time I'm there. It, it's not always like that. And by by us informing. Uh, get, getting owner operators more educated and having a place for them to go to get resources like this. There's going to be brokers that 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 aren't going to have a job anymore unless they unless they get on the bandwagon that they're going to have to uh, sell their sell their loads at, at you know at, at what the rate is uh, you know on the market. Yes, sir. And I just want to give out. A, I want to try to make sure I give out at least one good tip every week for everyone. Um, that does have their own authority. If you have not uh, heard of the National Motor Freight Traffic Association, that's an association that you might want to uh, look. Go to Google, you know, Google M N M F T A, National Motor Freight Traffic Association, and go and get your um, SCAC code. Um, that's the Standard Carrier Alpha Code, and this will sometimes help you in the um, being able to go out once you get your own direct shippers. It helps them code you into their billing system a lot easier and quicker. And you may notice sometimes on some of your on, on some of your bill of ladings um, how how some brokers they have like their word their, their the name of their brokers or whatever abbreviated kind of you know like a three letter or four letter code up there at the top. Well, that's probably their uh, standard carrier alpha code. Uh, that's something that you might want to look into to help uh, build your credibility as a motor carrier. So we've talked about before about building a credibility kit. That's something else that, that lets people know that you're not just a fly-by-night, that you're actually serious about um, your business, and, it, and it's kind of another step of setting you apart, something to differentiate you from the pack. Something else that we as smaller carriers might want to definitely need to start looking into is being able to accept EDI payments um, or getting getting on an EDI system. Uh, some some shippers won't even let you in the door if you don't have EDI capabilities. Um, these are some of the things, just some of the things that we, you know, just throwing little bits of nuggets out there, and it may be something on a future podcast that we may go a little bit more in depth into. Um, but there's something I want to throw out there real quickly that kind of help everybody, something else to put a feather in your hat to help set, separate you from the crowd. So, Bob, what are you seeing this week for? <laughs> well, thanks. What are, what are you seeing this week as far as race? <laughs> are, you, are, um, you, are your race right? really good this week, or is it, or is it kind of stagnant? <laughs> I would say they're staying about the same as last week. Uh, yesterday was a little disappointing. I got, uh, uh, I was going to Missouri, and the part that I was going to Missouri, uh, it was showing good numbers, and I, I didn't think it was going to be that hard to get a decent load out there. But Tuesday felt like more of a Monday, and I guess it's because of the holidays. And uh, I didn't get started looking for a load yesterday until around 1. And uh, I lowered my standards all the way down to 222 a mile coming out of there on something average, something decent, and uh, uh, I just wasn't getting no bites, like no urgency to get nothing going. And uh, this morning I grabbed the first thing, I, the, the one of the first loads that came my way that had some urgency to it, and 
Um, I got it at uh, thirteen seventy-five. I even put the post up there, Ludden, Missouri, to Carlton, Tennessee, to Carlton, uh, Texas, and uh, uh, he he sold it to me for twelve hundred, and I offered thirteen seventy-five, and he gave it to me right away, and uh, that comes out to two ninety-eight per load mile and uh, two seventy-four. Uh, after you include the uh, 41 mile bounce on 5,000 pounds, a load of couches. Uh, as far as states uh, uh, that I'm seeing that I would say are acceptable states that you should do good. Now, you broke it down into different territories. As far as demand, what I'm seeing, uh, what I would consider uh, good, good states would be. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm sorry, I got a little bit of stuff going on in my background. Okay, uh, would be Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. Those were those are all uh, high demand states. If you uh, if you're in those states, you should be able to do it and get a decent rate coming out. I, I left out California. California would be on that list as well. But I, uh, on my 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 spreadsheet that I make every day, I've uh, I've X'd it out because I don't go there and. Uh, uh, states that are, I would recommend that I would say are average right now is Arizona, Idaho, uh, even Maine. Maine, the state of Maine, is on this list. But uh, uh, but you got so many other surrounding states that are around Maine that, that could that the Maine possibly it wouldn't be that well. I hardly ever go to the Northeast, uh, but uh, it's on the list of showing decent numbers: Mississippi and Texas and all the other ones. Everybody should know by now what the red states are, the states to stay out of. All right. Well, we got a caller. got a question real quickly. Just call it from the 717. Call it. What's your name? What's your call about? Hi, Rico. This is Elizabeth. And hi, Chad. Hey there, hey, Elizabeth. Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys today? Hey, we're well. We're well. Good, good. Hey, I, I just wanted to share, I had a conversation with an agent today that uh, just kind of made me think, and I just thought I'd, I'd share this with you guys because I thought it was interesting. Um, I had a, a conversation with an agent for one of the humongous brokers. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but it's one of the biggest brokers out there. And um, he was telling me that he's been seeing some really crazy stuff happening in the industry, and he's been doing this for years. and. He had trucks and, and uh, drivers before, and he ended up getting into the brokerage side and, and getting rid of the trucks. And he was telling me that um, he's been noticing, you know, that uh, customers are wanting to pay less to move their loads, but carriers are wanting, you know, so much more than they used to. Um, you know, he'd say, I have, a, I have a load posted for 383 a mile, and it normally moves for like $253 a mile. And I'm still getting hammered, and they're telling me they can't move it for 383 a mile. So people are taking notice, which on the one hand is a good thing, but then he also mentioned, he said, between you and me, he said, um, this broker is looking more into moving into intermodal now because of this and going back to rail. So I think that I, I don't know, I, I don't know how, how this will all play out, but I think that, you know, there's there's going to be a ceiling at some point where, you know, we need to we need to not push so hard that these other business owners are going to decide to go a different route, and you know, and we get pushed out. Uh, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. I don't think that it's. Uh, hmm. How could I say this? I I I, I, I know where she's coming from too, but I uh I I don't. We're not. I'm not going to accept less. Uh, 
everything has to get ever you know like what, what was that number you gave me earlier rico we we're talking about how much freight has to go by truck even though it hits the rail even though uh it goes right. by ship it's gonna eventually go by truck you know and uh no, it's, it's push, push. I mean, hell, well, it's our time, uh, time to push. It's just people are more educated. I'm, I'm usually the last one that leaves the truck stop. That's for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, you know, I know what the demand is, and I know that the that the rate is going to get paid eventually. Uh, right. Then, go ahead, Rico. Right. I think Chad, like Chad, Chad really pushes the envelope. Chad really, he's really aggressive on his rates. He's super aggressive. Chad is probably a lot more aggressive than I am when it comes down to rates. Um, and and I take my hat off to Chad because he gets some he gets some really good rates. I mean, he gets some of his rates are reefer rates, and he's pulling the drive in. <laughs> so, That's true. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm definitely not gonna not gonna knock him on that. But I think that um, this is like we've been harping on too. It's really an opportunity for us, the motor carriers right now, the small motor carriers, to really take advantage of the, the, the capacity crunch and really start going out and getting our own customers. And it kind of takes away because on the spot market, the spot market is just that. You know, it's not the contract rate. It's, it's, if you need something moving and it's got to go right away right now, then you you're basically at the mercy of the market, and if you're in a tough, if you're in a really tough market right now, and you got to get a move, then unfortunately you're going to have to pay whatever you're going to have to pay the piper. I, I, I strongly like that all of this stuff is just uh, a, lot, a lot of these brokers are getting getting upset because they are we are getting. I think we are getting a lot of traction out there. Um, I'm starting to see more and more people that are caring about the podcast. I'm getting more messages from uh, people that I have I have no clue who they are. And, I mean, it's, it's a good thing, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that, you know, some of these guys are really getting pissed off that, hey, who are you, why are you guys pulling back the curtain on us and exposing, you know, what's going on? But I'm saying that to say this, it's, it, it's still the guys that are listening to us and that are, that are taking our advice and everything, have to go out and do the hard work. You still got to make sure that you're sitting down, sitting down and that you're doing your numbers and that if you're moving on the spot market, you should have, you know, you should have your bottom line number based on what your operating cost is. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you can be the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. Don't sit around and be the bug all alone getting hit by the windshield because you're trying to get astronomical numbers. Sometimes you got to Right. I think one of the things that you just nailed the, um, hit the nail on the head, Rico, when you were saying um, at the CMC and now again today, you know, that we need now is the opportunity for us to go out and get our own customers because, you know, not everyone's going to be able to move stuff intermodal. You know, the small guy is not necessarily going to move stuff intermodal. So we need to be prepared that if some of these larger businesses do start to take their stuff that way, um, you know, it's all right. We've already got our own customers, you know. Exactly, and and not only that, we we have to start looking into, uh, you know, expanding. Not necessarily, we may not necessarily want to expand our motor carriers, but I mean, if we got customers and we can't move all the freight, we got to look into, we got to look into starting our own small brokerages and 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 beginning to network with one another to be able to cover, you know, what I'm saying to be able to cover our customers' loads, so on and so forth. It, 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 yeah. I was talking to Chad. I was talking to Chad earlier. And I 
a number before, and it, and it kind of just it blew my mind a little bit. But in transportation, there's over $660 billion a year that's going to be spent on transportation in this country. $660 billion with a B. That is a, I mean, that's wow. I, mean, I still can't really wrap my head around that. And we're just trying to get our small share of the pie. Yeah, makes sense. Right. I, want, I want all the pie I can get. Chad, <laughs> <laughs> you want all the pie, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, pie, that, that pie belongs to me. When somebody posts a good rate on the on the group page and I'm sitting at home, I'm like, man, I can't be sitting home no longer. I got to go out there and get it. Man, everybody's going to take all these loads and I ain't going to have none left for me. <laughs> right, I'll take that. I just mess with it. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool, though, that people are taking notice, though, that there's a difference happening, you know, now in our industry with, you know, we're demanding higher rates. I think that that's cool. Right. So. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We're getting our share. And like Rico, when we talked earlier on the phone, uh, uh, it, but the person that first that's going to hurt is the is the brokers. When you start seeing them, uh, the, like the large brokers going out of business and selling out, and now, now you know we're really we're we're, we're really hurting the we're hurting that middleman. Until that happens, hey, get all the getting while the getting's good. Just like my father used to tell me when I was in high school, get all the getting while the getting's good. And right now it's good. And right, uh, I like that. And and, and uh, uh, Kevin Rusford said this at the CMC. Uh, now now is the better time. And see, see he, Kevin Rusford's been around uh, transportation, uh, you know, trucking and stuff way longer than I have. And uh, and he said, you know, out of all of his years, he's never seen a time where it's better to become an owner-operator and get your own authority than what it is now. I, and uh, I'm just so thankful that I get to live in that part. I can't look down on my dad because he didn't make it as an owner-operator because I guess back then, you know, before my time, it was it was really hard. But uh, for it to be as good as it is now, I can't see nobody not doing this. It, it's, I really enjoy it. It's all the freedom in the world. That's why I get to choose to take off during this blitz that's getting ready to happen because I, I, it's so good at what I got. I don't want nothing to take it away from me. I don't want to pull up on the scale and I get some guy up there that wants to collect points uh, off of some, a mistake, like I'm missing a, a, a reflector or whatever. I don't know, you know, but I, I, because it's, I, it's, not, it's not worth the gamble with. I drive legal. I drive safe. I keep my truck up to – I make good money. I'm able to put money back into my truck and keep it uh, keep it legal. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm getting off on another subject. But yeah, it, times are good right now. Yeah, and and I just want to add to the fact that you know, right now is why it's so good to be an owner operator. It's due to the education because you know it just. I mean, let's just take it all back for a second. I mean, as far as myself is concerned, I'm always going to be grateful for, to Kevin Russell from what I learned from him because he was a, the he was the spark that inspired me to say, okay, yeah, I really can make it as an owner operator if I control my cost and know my numbers. And that's what it, sometimes when we talk about these rates, that's why I, I really try to pull back a little bit and I try to I want to get people back on the page of making sure that you know your numbers. Don't just get so caught up and focused on rates. You need to understand your operating costs. What is your cost per mile? What is your fixed cost? What is your variable cost? All these different things so that you can run a tight ship that you actually are in the process of running a business and not just shooting from the hip and just saying, well, I should be making money because I'm getting these great rates. Great rates is not really about how much you make. It's about how much you keep. And if you don't know what you're making and how it's, uh, if you're not, so you don't understand where, where your budget is, 
and know where your money's going and how it's being spent, then you really don't know how much you're really making. You're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And then when, when disaster strikes, you know, looking at stars, you don't know what the heck happened. And and that's why I really want to try to pull back a little bit and just, hey, let's come back down to earth, people. Let's make sure that we're doing the hard work, that we're doing our numbers, that we're getting our numbers and everything squared away. Um, Absolutely. I, got a, I, I, I got love a, keeping track of uh, my numbers. Got a couple more calls on hold. You got anything else you want to add? That's, that was it. Thank you, guys. You have a great afternoon. Great evening. Hey, thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right. We got a caller from the 651. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Matt. Matt. Hey there, Matt. Pretty good. Oh, uh, I just wanted to comment on Elizabeth's subject there. Um, you know, it's great that uh, we're getting that kind of attention. But I wouldn't read too much into it. I believe the last article I read for last year, trucking, and this is by weight, not by volume or anything like that, pure weight, which, you know, the railroad moves the heaviest stuff because they can do that cheapest. Right. The trucking industry, I believe, moved 84, 86% of all freight by weight. Wow. Wow. That's a big number. Yeah, so when you're talking small, lighter weight shipments, the railroad, you know, they're not even a dent. And I believe the railroad is operating at close to 90-some percent capacity. So until until you start seeing them building a lot new rail lines and adding capacity, it's not much of a threat. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah, wouldn't be much of a threat at all. And, and, no, and, and I mean, that's another thing. That that's another thing that's so important. Um, you know, especially by us networking and have and having such a diverse membership base and everybody's sharing information. The information is what's driving us to learn and understand that we can push for rates and, and so on and so forth. Because I mean, Matt just came in with with some with some more solid, rock-solid information that we can use to, to you know what I'm saying, like, okay, let's, let's take let's take everything into consideration. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, railroads aren't that much of a competition in the type of freight we're talking about anyway. I mean, unless you're dealing in strict commodity freight, you know, the, the dry van stuff that could go into a container and, you know, we could load it this week, but as long as it's there within the next three weeks, we don't care. You know, that, that's rock-bottom price freight right there. That's the only thing the railroad can handle. They can't handle anything that's time-sensitive. Right. No. Right. So, 100% of the stuff that I do. <laughs> Thompson. Yeah, exactly. It, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could affect rates, you know, a little bit, but... You know, at the current trend, I even if the railroad was adding capacity, I wouldn't, I wouldn't view it as a threat right now. Only in a downturn in the in the freight volumes. Yeah, so where are you I at, today, Matt? Uh, not... What's that? I said, where are you at today? I am sitting in Homestead, Florida, waiting to load in the morning. Okay. But you got contract rate in Florida, right? Yeah, and uh, I was just going to comment, too, what Chad was saying about at the CMC. Uh, not only about Kevin's experience, but um, Chuck from uh, Traffics. 
He uh, right. he stood up, and he's got, I think he said, almost 50 years' experience in the industry. So double of what even Kevin Rutherford has. And Chuck was saying that he has never seen a time in the industry, uh, well, other than under, like, regulation for rates, that has been so good yeah, that- for the opportunity for an owner-operator right now. Yeah, I remember when he gave That's that right. class. When he when he mentioned that at the CMC, Rico got excited. Rico was talking about that after the class. Can you believe what he said? You know, I remember that. That was some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm planning on. Uh, I'm, I want to be reaching out to Chuck real soon. I want to try to have him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, real. He seems like a very guy. informative. Yep, been in the industry oh, a long time. He knows both the trucking side of it, the brokerage side of it, you know, inside out. So, great resource. Absolutely. And something that we definitely need years. to tap into. So, All right. Well, Max, you have something else you want to add? we got a few more callers that's going to get the one. Uh, no, that's it for now. So, we'll catch up with you guys later. All right. Yes, well, sir. We appreciate it, Max. Yep. Let's see. we got a caller from the 316. Caller from the 316. What's your name? What's your calling about? Well, Rico, it's Bruce again. How you doing? I'm well, Bruce. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. How you doing, Chad? Hi, outstanding. And yourself? I'm doing good. The sun's shining. I'm heading west toward the house. How does that sound? Oh, man. Well, good uh, time. Are you good? Good time. Uh, you're going how long are you going to stay at home, Bruce? Probably over the weekend. I'm unloading Friday, and then I'll sit till Monday and go back out again. Back out uh, there and Bruce face the skills, right? Bruce ain't scared, is he? He's, Bruce ain't scared. He's gonna he's gonna take on the the blitz as if it was That's just right. another day, right? Well, you know, last <laughs> year I ran right through it. I ran up and down the eastern seaboard on the I ninety five corridor, and I never saw one inspection anywhere. Uh, that's kind of like I was you know, saying. I told Chad one year I ran right through it, and a lot of times when they when they're doing that little blitz. I like to run at night anyway, and uh, usually I try to run at night and uh, don't have any problems, don't have any, uh, uh, don't see anybody, and there's not a problem nowhere, nowhere, and and I can just slide right on through, do my business, and get in the truck stop early in the morning where there's plenty of parking and relax and enjoy myself and don't have any worries. Rico, I had three different observations this week that I think might just be tidbits of information that people might uh, might be want to know about. The first one is the lady who was talking about the brokerage and you know what the broker was telling her about the railroads. I read in a Elizabeth, yeah, I was reading in a agricultural magazine because I used to haul a lot of ag commodities, I still haul it, but it's just in a different form, that the railroads in the Dakotas are 30 to 60 days behind in delivering hopper cars to the grain elevators to move their grain that they've already contracted to have moved this spring. Wow. wow. Yeah, 30 wow. to 60 Rail system, oh. Rail system oh. Oh, here, here it is, they're 30 days behind, and they can't even – and they're at what the other guy said. Uh, the uh, Matt said that uh, 87 capacity. Well, what happens whenever the rail cars, the rail system just can't do it anymore? Where, where, who has to do the work then? Right back on the well, truck. Yeah, and, that, and this well, is what's happening up in the up in there is, you know, like Quaker Oats. 
there in Iowa uses thousands of bushel of, uh, bushels of oats every day to make our breakfast cereals. And they're not able to get their product because a good bit of their oats is coming out of the Dakotas. And so they're having to pay truck rates to get it in there. And it's and that's what I was just that's what I was yeah. say. Anybody with anybody with hypervolumes or anybody that can pull that type of commodity, their ears should have perked up, and and and, and they should be getting giddy and doing homework tonight and tomorrow and making phone calls to Quaker Oats. Anybody else up there in that region to try to pull that freight? That's right. Oh, they the should make a killer. The second thing I noticed this week, and I'm, I usually if a broker will allow me to have a direct deposit into my checking account, I'll do it because that eliminates having to go home, get the mail, find the check, send it to the bank, all that, you know. Sometimes it could give me, you know, the money as much as a week or 10 days quicker. But this one broker who I would like to do business with, but they wanted to charge me $15 to have a direct wow. deposit, ACH, into my checking account. <laughs> and I said, no, you mail me the check. I'm not going to take a $15 discount on my freight for for that convenience. They they were assuming that it was like a quick pay. And so for getting the money quick, I wanted it, you know, I would be willing to take a, a hit. And I said, no, I'm not doing right. that. You know, I just right. thought that was uncalled for, you know. I mean, issue me a check if that's what it takes. Pay the postage, but I'm not going to pay you 15 bucks for that service. Yeah, a lot and, of people are using the quick pays and, and, and uh, things like that as another profit center. Uh, they'll give you the rate, but they but, but they're that nickel and dime you. They're eating away back at your rate for another profit center for themselves. Yeah, and then well, I unloaded at one place this last week where I had to pay a lumper. Well, it was either a 3% upcharge on a MasterCard or I had to get a, a, a com check service. Well, my the company I'm with, I think, charges me like $5 a check. So it was cheaper for me on this load to use my credit card, even though I had to pay them a 3% upcharge, which there again, you know, to me, that's that's the merchant. If you want to accept credit cards, you accept the, the fee for the, for the, you know, merchant discount. But no, they passed it on to the, to the poor trucker again. You know, I thought, man, you guys are... You know, you're playing this game the wrong way. And they wouldn't right. take cash. Yeah. So somebody was going to make 5 or $7 off of me because of that, you know, having to pay the lumper. And then right. the third thing. And that's something that third, we talked about before, Bruce. I think I think that's something yeah. that we talked about before. We, we need to try to get together and figure out a way because, uh, you know, time and money has value attached to it. And we're paying these fees up front in, in a lot of cases, and uh, there should be a convenience fee for, for us doing that. At least that's my opinion. But go ahead. What, what was your third thing? Well, the third thing was is that I, I've been hauling for the same broker out of Nogales all winter. And this last week when I loaded for him, usually his price, I, he's just been pretty much, you know, a fair, a very fair price, and so I, I don't negotiate real hard with him. But this time, I, you know, going into the holiday weekend, I said, "Man, it'd sure be nice if you'd pay me a couple, three hundred extra dollars on this load, because I'm going to be running over the weekend." And he says, "Well, I can give you a hundred dollars." I said, "Well, that's better than nothing." 
and he said, I'm, I'm, I usually like to work on a 10% margin. And, you know, he told me what the shipper was paying him for the load and what I was getting. And, you know, he wanted to do it for 10%. Now, I, I'm not questioning the guy's integrity because everything he's told me all winter has been true to form. But are brokers really only operating on a 10% margin, or is, is he one of the guys that hasn't got the memo from the big boys yet that you can try to get more? Well, it's, it depends on the size. There's no of the real broker. number on that. It, 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 it really depends on the size of the brokerage. Uh, some of these, some of the brokerages that are publicly traded companies, you can find out, you know, a little bit about what their profit margins and stuff are. And I think even Kevin Rutherford talked about once when he was, uh, I think he gave a speech once at the TIA, that the average um, across the board, their average commission for most brokers is right around the 12.5% mark, somewhere in that ballpark. Now, the big guys, you know, they can uh, they can make up on some of that stuff and uh, and really gouge. I've seen some of them get it, shoot for as much as 30%. Um, and, and if the shipper is not, it's, it's crazy enough to allow them to continue to get those kind of rates and prices, then, you know, I, you, know you can't really be mad at them. Because, I mean, it's America and it's a business, and, hey, if, 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 if their service is that good and, and the people like paying that premium, then, hey, more power to them. But, you know, it's something that it's something for us to really be able to go out there and charge a retail rate for our, for, for our uh, services and be able to get a little bit of that capacity away from the brokers, at least on the desirable lanes that we want to cover anyway. Well, I also did find out that this particular shipper who this broker hauls some for, the route we've been loading at, had three or four loads sitting in Nogales they couldn't find trucks for. So, you know, there must be some, uh, some you know, pushback that maybe he's – guys are demanding more than he's got in them and he just can't move them, which, you know, made me right away think, well, see, oh, I should be getting him up that, that, That's – that's probably he, now. If that's the case, he's 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 not. He needs to brush up on. He maybe needs to come to the CMC and, and get with George Gallimore and brush up on his uh, negotiating skills. Because <laughs> uh, if 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 you're in that situation, then you have to be able to go back to your shipper and say, look, you know, I'm working as hard as I can for you. I can, I got truck. There are trucks available that I can get for you, but we're not going to be able to move them for this. It's going to take whatever it is going to take and add, add this commission in on top of that to get the, to make this happen. Um, you know, but he needs to work on, um, he needs to work on his negotiating tactics and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm getting the loads moved for you. I'm getting them. I'm not putting them on, on negligent carriers. That, that you, your load is getting the market on time. So on. I mean, you got to sell itself. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you're dealing well, with your customer, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go in there and you gotta sell yourself and sell your services that you know you're you're taking a load off of their back by helping them find trucks and, and get uh you know and get good qualified motor carriers to move the freight and get it to market on time. Well, I will say this, and as long as he's honest with me, he told me I'll get my same rate all through the year. You know, there's you know that he's going to protect me on the rate when the when the produce in Arizona and Nogales drops off because he'll still have these frozen loads coming across the border but you know there right away i began thinking well is this a long-term deal and i'm willing to take a little bit less in the hot season so that i get a little bit better when the market cools off or 
or, you know, is he going to just jump at the cheapest truck at that point then too? You know, I mean, since it's my first, first year with him doing business with him, I'm, I'm still feeling him out, I guess. Well, it's all in, it's all in, in the relationship building, you know. It's all in, yeah. you know, all of it goes in the relationship building aspect of it. So you know, you know, and I mean, I, I appreciate this broker because I I take a, a snapshot picture of my bills of lading, email it to him. Two weeks later, I have a check at my house. So that's the first thing good. The second thing is he doesn't want to know other than when I'm loaded and when I get unloaded. If unless he doesn't want check calls unless. I have trouble, and he needs to know about it. And so, you know, in that sense, he's – and I told him, I said, I appreciate that you treat me like the professional that I want to be and I think I am, and that you respect that of me, that I'm – that you're not calling me three times a day for location checks and reefer temperatures and is the seal still on the trailer and all the other, you know – things we've all been through with, with some of the big brokerage houses. Right, right. Well, Bruce, we got another call on the line. We want to yeah. wrap up uh, that time real quick. Have a good evening. All right, thanks, Bruce. Thank you. Let's see. Let's go to caller, caller calling in from the 608. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, fellas, it's uh, Ray from uh, Wisconsin, Ray Moreno. Um Got a couple of things I wanted to mention. Um, one was an answer for Bruce, who was just on the line, and uh, uh, the other thing was about uh, the rail stuff. Um, back uh, when I was a broker, um, I dealt with uh, some customers that um, – did uh, intermodal and um, also some customers that um, didn't like intermodal. Uh, one of the things that uh, that is a problem with intermodal is that there's so much vibration going on in right. those rail cars that it will literally destroy product. Um, so that's one thing. Not... Uh, I, I'd say that that takes off of probably like half of the freight that we're hauling right there. Boom. Um, that just cannot be uh, shipped by uh, by rail. And two, um, I'm still on the email list for uh, about six different carriers that email me every day. I'm deleting their emails, but they're emailing me uh, all their capacity for uh, containers. So I don't think that the the uh, intermodal is as hot as um, some people like us to believe it is right now. Because, uh, I, I mean, if well, I'm getting emailed every day for all this capacity... You know, they're working hard to try and keep their trucks filled or trucks moving, something like that. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, well even to add on to that, I remember some stuff about, uh, you know, just jogging my memory. I, I read something about how they have the containers are there and they, and they need to be moved, but they don't have enough chassis. That either the chassis that are there are uh, not in, uh, are not roadworthy and they don't have adequate enough chassis to even move. The, the containers that that are ready to move, so that now you you're back to the part where you're delaying 
I mean, America was founded on getting products to market. It's, it's, it's a major thing in America. It's part of the Commerce Clause, being able to get your products to market. And if you, I mean, like Bruce was talking about with the with the grains and everything, if you're sitting 30 and 60 days backlog on getting your products to be able to even process it to, before you can even try to get it to market, that's not going to well, right. be it's, and that's one of the biggest things of uh, rail is opportunity cost of, of the time that it takes. Um, there, uh, I had a shipper out of Chicago that uh, I, I haul carrots um, from the West Coast. They, um, they ship carrots out of California to Chicago, and every week, man, uh, the, the, the trains would be late. They'd only get one shipment, one string of rail cars every week worth of carrots, and every week they were late. There was problems, you know. So uh, shippers have to change around their whole supply chain logistics if they want to go rail. You know, um, there's some things that they could move by rail, but some things that they couldn't. So, uh, I mean, best for a shipper to move to rail is would take a, a substantial capital investment to rearrange their whole supply chain. So I, I really want to dispel uh, any kind of worry that anybody has about rail taking over the trade. It, it's just not going to happen anytime in the very near future. But um, uh, uh, another thing uh, that I want to talk about um, that uh, Bruce was saying um, with brokers uh, um, I, I think 15% is pretty much the goal uh, that uh, TIA says that they'd like to make. And um, I went to school down in Arizona uh, before I got I started my brokerage. And um, one of the, the tricks that they taught me about was um, they – like to ask carriers, what do you need to move them? And so what they're doing there, what that dynamic is, is they're trying to see if you leave money on the table. So a lot of carriers, they might be used to a certain rate, but because of, you know, whatever it is, uh, the spot market, um, you know, okay, so they've got 2500 bucks. They could build a shipper, but the, the usual rate is around 2000 The carrier quotes them. And that, that means they still got 500 bucks, And so they'll keep all that. Um, a lot of the brokers, you know, that, and it's not their responsibility to say, okay, I'm just going to take my 15%, and here's the rate. So for me... Whenever I have a broker ask me what I need to move it for, I know I know I automatically bid high. I bid higher than I would normally to try and flush out. Excuse me. To try and flush out uh, them saying, "No, I can't do it for that." And then I want to, you know, right. basically to kind of clear the table and go, okay, well, what can you do it for? Them? And then another thing uh, that I'd like to add uh, in negotiating with brokers is uh, 
as soon as I hear a broker mispronounce a city or a shipper uh, or something like that, I know I got them. I know I got them. They're mine. Uh, that means because they don't, they're not familiar like they should be with that customer, with that area, whatever it is. So um, it's those little subtle cues that you have to pick up on and that, you know, over time with dealing with uh, brokers, you know, you you, you just learn what's what. But um, uh, anyways, uh, I when I was brokering and sourcing my own customer base, I would tell uh, shippers that if I can get the truck or that shipment moved for less, then I will pass the savings back on to you. So I took exactly. my commission, and I and I would bill them for less. And um, many times I, I got uh, people, uh, shippers calling me back going, oh, you, you miss your invoice isn't correct. And I said, no, that's correct, um, because I, I, I was able to get the shipment moved for less. And sometimes right, that's it would, a great way to endear yourself to the to, to your to your customer. Some some of them would come back and would just say, "No, you know what? The rate is what it is, and you just keep it." And some of them would say, "Thank you very much. Hey, that's great." So, um, you know that I, I it, that's a selling point. That was a, a selling point for me that worked and uh, that impressed some of the shippers that I worked with. So. That, that's what I got for today, so I don't want to feel about that. Well, uh, I, I, I like I like that first uh, piece of advice. Not that's uh, whenever if I talk to someone one on one, that's that's uh, that's some of the same stuff I try to I try to tell people on the phone and uh, the same the same exact stuff. Like if a broker calls you and they got little trick questions to get you to start thinking uh, on that low end. And to get you to name that low end, and uh, and just like you said, go ahead and give your high number. And when you give that high number, that sort of clears the table off. And whenever they come back with their number, it's always a whole lot different. If they have the money, it's a whole a whole lot different. Like another trick question that's all I ask is, uh, where are you trying to move that truck to? You know, have you ever heard that one before? Yeah. Where are you trying to get that truck to? If oh, you leave yeah. uh, the destination blank. Well, what, tell, tell me what's uh, what's your response if a broker asks you that? I, you know, I got my response, but I don't think I don't know what. What's your response? Uh, I I usually tell them, you know, I got uh, trucks going to a lot of different places. Um, what can I help you with? There you go. Okay, that's good. I mean, uh, whenever whenever they ask you where you trying to get that truck back to, when they say the word back to, they're already trying to get you to, uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's their, their way yeah. to get started. Yeah, they're, they're trying. When they say that we're back, my immediately saying is, uh, "I'm not a backhauler. I'm an expediter. Do you got an expedited load for me?" And uh, and then I, then I let me know. Well, how much urgency is on their load? They'll, if they hesitate about expedite and how they answer that, is it an urgent load? And then and then if they tell me, "Well, we got right. loads going to uh, Iowa, Tennessee, Texas." You know, when they say we got all these loads, 
I'll, I'll say, well, tell me the load, the, the load that's going to be the hardest for you to move. Out of all these freight that you have, tell me the one that's going to be the most difficult for you. That's the one I want to put my bid on because I'm quoting the other load. I'm, I'm, you know, I can, I'll put my offer in on that. And, and then whenever you, you start off with the hardest one that they got and they come at you with something like 220 a mile, then you know all the rest of it ain't even worth talking about. Or you can throw out your number and let them know this is where you'd be on their ugliest load. And uh, and then, you know, the conversation would carry on how it's supposed to after that. That's good. I like that piece of advice. Yeah, you, uh, that is key to really just flush out what they want. Get them to show uh, their cards, you know, what it is. But you also bring up a really good point, something that I noticed, and this is a dynamic that I never knew that was out there until um, Internet Truck Stop actually published. uh, I read an article that was saying 80% of the trucks that are out there today are a spinoff from a manufacturer. So what the manufacturer did was they started their own trucking company, and their trucking company hauls their freight, and uh, if they don't have um, their raw materials, you know, getting loaded back into that truck, well, then they have to broker their own or, or find a broker, you know, to get their backhaul. And what I noticed as being a broker um a lot of the dispatchers or load planners that work for these outfits, they see a load on the load horse that they want, and then they call the broker and they say, book it. And that's it. They don't negotiate. And, yep. and I, I was like, okay. So as a broker, I would, as soon as they did that, I would, Send them the rate confirmation sheet with what I wanted them to make. And there's so much of that out there still today that that, I believe, is truly what messes up uh, the true for hire carrier, like like all of us are that are listening on the show right now. The, uh, yep, and I, you and, know, and I, and I think it, it's funny you say that, Ray, that's just fair, you know, I, from my experience from brokering as well, I've had that very same experience happen to me, and and I think that that's why it's so critically important that we are sharing this information that we're getting it out here to the uh, public at large as far as, you know, us individuals that are for higher motor carriers, us small guys, because for so long, we have taken the approach of, well, that's I guess that's a good rate or, or we just go along with what everybody else is doing. We kinda like you know, kinda like sheep and we just follow what what we think everybody else is doing because this is the way everybody else has told me this, that it that it was done. And we never even question the possibility of uh, is is there is there another way to do it? We just we just kinda just keep going along to get along and, and that's why a lot of people have been miserable failures instead of, you know, challenging the status quo. Absolutely. A a good businessman once told me that you have to search to uncover solutions uh, for your customers in in order to serve them better than the next guy. 
Um, Absolutely. There's, uh, and that's the thing is you always have to ask questions. You, you know, you, the, what's the name? Kim, Kevin Rutherford was saying, you know, the guys that instead of spending time at the truck stop, sitting there watching TV, you know, the, the guys that are taking that extra time to do more research and, and work on their trade, you know, hone their craft and stuff like that, those are the guys that are going to win. Um, do better, you know. And uh, uh, it's really um, kind of scary the the percentage that there's only 20% of the trucks on the road that are true for hire carriers. Uh, it, it just amazes me. So to see the rates finally starting to go up these days feels so awesome. Uh, I've just was so frustrated for years. You know, going, when is this going to change? When are things going to, you know, be different? And and hearing so many answers going, uh, blah, blah, you know, in the negative. And now it's finally happening, man. I Thanks, uh, thanks Rico and, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chad, for yeah. for doing what you're doing. Appreciate it, guys. Hey, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, guys. Thank you, you, you guys. Call in, call in, and give us the motivation to keep going. So we, we appreciate you guys' participation. Well, Chad, absolutely, like man, we, 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 we blew straight through, and, and a little bit of overtime there on the, on on that hour right there was uh, about fifteen after the hour. So, uh, anything you want to say in closing out? Um, go for this week. I'll write about it and put it on the rate from our. Uh, from our master's page is uh, it's going to be related to get away from the stigma of sticking to the $2 per mile uh, rate. You know, they always, everybody always wants to be the broker. They want to offer you a load and it's always slightly below the $2 a mile. The, and uh, the carrier's always thinking, let's, it's easy number to say if it's uh, 600 miles to say 1200, it's going to be related to that. I'm going to write an article and put that on there. Uh, uh, basically come up with a different number besides Two dollars a mile. That's been that's been it's been two dollars a mile for three and a, three and a half years ever since I've been into this. Where everybody just always quotes everything on dry van based on two dollars a mile. Get away from that number. Start doing some hard math and do a better number than two dollars a mile. Just don't even let that be a part of your equation. I'm gonna write about it, but what, what, you can read about that later on on uh, Rafe Mile Masters' Facebook group page. Thanks for having me on, Rico, and uh, I'm glad we was able to do this uh, podcast here a little bit more organized. Cool. Well, all right, Chad. Well, I appreciate it. Well, you guys, I'm, uh, like I say, coming to you live from Kenley, North Carolina, filling in for Kevin Rupp for the night on the rate per mile uh, podcast. And in the words of Kevin Rupp for signing off from Kenley, North Carolina, this is Rico Muhammad telling you to be safe, be profitable, and do the hard work. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.